So we are presented today with the story of Joseph of Arimathea. This happens after Jesus' death. And we're going to kind of deconstruct and uh, play with this a little bit this morning. But I want to focus on one short phrase. This man, Joseph of Arimathea, in verse 51, it says that he was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. He was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. So let me just recap here briefly where we're at in the gospel. We have experienced the crucifixion of Jesus, the, the trial and everything that led up to that, the Passover night and the, the Last Supper and his time in the Garden of Gethsemane, and um, he's been crucified, and he's now um, passed away. And this man, Joseph of Arimathea, kind of bursts onto the scene in Luke at an, this opportune moment. And we don't know much about him. He's not really mentioned in Luke before now, and we don't know much after this. We don't really know what happens to him. We just know that he was here at this time and at this place. And in fact, all four Gospels mention him. They all kind of have a different take on exactly what his motives were and what his role was. But we're going to explore what Luke thought about Joseph of Arimathea. And so, here's what we do know. Joseph of Arimathea was a powerful man. A man of means. He was probably fairly wealthy. He was on the Jerusalem council. He was a Pharisee. He was one who followed the law to its strictest form. He was, as Lisa said, on the bad guys team. He was on that council that condemned Jesus. And so he was listening to all these arguments. And we don't know if maybe he knew something about Jesus before now or not, or what he'd heard about. Other gospels seem to apply that he had heard about Jesus before now. Whatever the case may be, it says that he was a good and righteous man. And even though he was a member of the council, he had not agreed to their plan and action. He had not agreed to their plan and action. So here this man, Joseph, this man of wealth and position and power, had stood in the face of injustice and said no. And in this situation, he even takes the greater risk of caring for the condemned criminal. A criminal of the most unique sort. A criminal who blasphemed the worst offense in Judaism against God in their opinion. And he sticks his neck out because he sees 
Jesus in this desolate place, broken, lifeless, limp. And his disciples had fled. At best, they stood at a distance and watched from far away. I didn't want to be too closely associated. And so Joseph recognizes that he was all alone and had no one to care for him. And offers to place him in his own tomb. He goes to Pilate and asks for his body. This is a bold request, a risky request, one that literally could have cost him his life for him to be associated with this criminal, this one who had met his end on death row, who had succumbed to capital punishment. And the only reason we are given is that he was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. This is a common theme throughout the Gospel of Luke, of waiting expectantly with purpose. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells a story and says, you need to be like the servants who are waiting for their master to come home and have prepared everything and are ready for him at any hour. And when he comes home, the master will say, great job, well done, let me now serve you. And it might be four o'clock in the morning, but we are to always be ready and waiting expectantly. He says it could be like one who is waiting for the wedding to happen. And you're waiting outside and you've got your lamps trimmed and your oil ready and you've got your supplies there and you don't let your lamp go out because you are eagerly anticipating the arrival of the bridegroom. And so you keep your lamp lit in the darkness. You keep your lamps going. And that means you've got to be prepared. You've got to have enough supplies there to wait this out and to be ready at any moment. Because at any moment, the kingdom of God might make itself known. We've got to be alert and pay attention. And so, we can infer that perhaps... Joseph of Arimathea was doing just that. Waiting expectantly. Eagerly anticipating. And yet, the kingdom of God that he was anticipating didn't quite meet his great expectations. Now, every once in a while, my wife and I go see a movie together. How, how many of you all go see movies, like in the movie theater? Yeah, a lot of us. All right. Every now and then. 
She doesn't like going to the movie theater as much as I do. I like to be in the theater. She'd much rather just stay home and relax and, uh, you know, lay on the couch, that kind of thing. I want to be out where the people are. I want to watch the movie. With, I want to have a big tub of popcorn and, and drink there, you know. Well, so this one time we were going to see a movie, um, and we had seen the, the, the first one, and this was the sequel. Um, how many of y'all saw The Maze Runner? Do you remember that movie? Yeah? So I went and saw the, we went and saw the sequel in the theater, and The Maze Runner was good and intense, and, and it was, uh, it was an exciting movie. Um, it was a little violent, a little weird, but, um, then we went and saw the sequel, and we had no idea what we were expecting. We were just expecting, you know, another, like, intense movie. Well, it turned into a zombie movie, and I don't know where that came from, but it was not what we were expecting at all, and Mallory will tell you, like, she, she doesn't do zombies, like, it's just not reality, and uh, she, she was like, what are we watching, and um, could not, it just, it did not meet our expectations at all. We, we went in expecting one thing, and in the midst of it, realized we were getting something completely different. And I think that's where Joseph of Arimathea was. He went into this thing with Jesus, whatever he may have known about him, expecting one thing, and he got something completely different. What kind of king is this? What kind of king wears a crown of thorns and allows himself to be nailed to a throne of wood. This is a different king altogether. This is a different kingdom altogether. A kingdom that is defined by pain and suffering and death, and loss. A kingdom that is defined by Jesus being nailed between two criminals, and Jesus even offering salvation to this crim- the criminal on his left who deserved death. And Jesus promises him life in paradise. This kingdom is totally upside down and backwards. This kingdom does not make sense. It does not compute with the world. This is a type of king that the world had never seen before nor since. And Joseph's expectations, his great expectations were turned on their heads. And even though it was turned upside down, he still had the wherewithal to pay attention to it and to go with the flow. To find the crack of redemption in the midst of it all and be able to participate as a means of grace to Jesus himself.
in that moment, he became a means of grace. The word there for waiting expectantly in Greek is prosdekomai. Prosdekomai. And it actually has a double meaning. It does mean to wait expectantly, to expect one to, fill, one to fulfill one's promises. But that's actually the second meaning. The first meaning is to receive into oneself. Now, to get a little PG-13, it's to receive into oneself as to so impregnate oneself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. But it's true. That's the first meaning. Is to receive into oneself or to wait expectantly. When we're waiting, we, we have four children, right? And um, that's a lot of kids. Um, I know, I admit it. But with each one, that nine months of waiting is always forever. <laughs> it always seems to take forever. And it seems like it's never going to happen. This baby's never going to get here. We can do all the preparing and the waiting and the expecting that we want, but it seems like it's never going to get here. It's this big, giant, pregnant pause in life. And what I would venture to say is that I think perhaps what's happening in Joseph, Joseph's life is... Less that he was waiting expectantly, but more that he was actually receiving into himself the kingdom of God. So if I was to reread it, it would sound more like this. Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph, who though a member of the council, had not agreed to their plan and action. He came from the Jewish town of Arimathea, and he was receiving into himself the kingdom of God by the cross by Jesus' witness on the cross. Through that, he was actually receiving into himself the kingdom of God, and it held within it all the potential for changing the world. And he began to live it out. And so the question for us today is will we receive into ourselves this upside-down, backwards kingdom of God that doesn't make sense with the world? And will we wait expectantly, always on alert, waiting for that crack to appear where the light of God can shine through and make this world a better place? Are we willing to receive it and pay attention to it and live into it to make it become known and real on earth as it is in heaven. This kingdom of God whose king self-empties in the most dramatic act of love 
the world has ever seen. Can we receive that kingdom and be alert to it each and every day? Because if we are willing to pay attention, even in the darkest of circumstances, there is a crack and light can shine through. And we're called to live in that flow. Amen. Amen.